All right, so this is the uh, first episode. I think we're going to call this podcast the uh, Everything Project, kind of aligning with um, aligning with the main idea of the actual Everything Project, but this will just be the podcast side of it. Um, so yeah, this is the first episode. We're creating this just to um, kind of... You know, like some first of all, something to do for us and to bring us together in this uh, difficult time, as well as um, kind of sharing our opinions on important stuff that's going on in the world. So I think coming to kind of talk about things, you know, right now is really important. And it's also very easy to ignore this stuff now that we're not in school, now that we're especially like social distancing, you kind of cooped up in your house or maybe you're going out, but you're not really um you know getting the having these conversations and um so it's important to do that stuff uh anyway um today is juneteenth that's the day we're recording it on Uh, i just want to point out the significance of this holiday um it's definitely a holiday um a couple years ago or even last year it wasn't really made out to be that big of a deal um and thankfully this year it was really um stepped up and became uh, a lot of a much bigger deal so um yeah go ahead i saw on instagram this is the first year that most major corporations are recognized as a holiday and workers are allowed to take it off and Mm -hmm. and still get paid so that's a big step yeah well, it's it's also yeah like a big step in, the, in this day is to like recognize, um, like uh, Black History and um, what previously happened as well as I think I think it's just Black History. Am I wrong on that? Uh, uh yes. Uh, what is it? Is I, it just for? I believe it's the day. I'm pretty sure. I don't. Don't. I'm pretty sure this is when. Slaves were liberated, and so, um, like I, I, I'm victim to this. Like I didn't know what it was. I mean, I always saw it on like my Apple Calendar because it has all the holidays. But I mm-hmm. just thought it was something like Flag Day or something like that around here, and yeah. I didn't know what it meant until literally a week ago when I just started seeing all these posts on people's stories on Instagram explaining what it was. So. That was well, yeah, I mean, eye-opening. It's it's very it's very eye-opening and it's very important. Um, it's a very important holiday, uh, for this entire nation, uh, but especially for those who identify in that community. Um, because it was a huge step to uh, social justice between races. Um, and I think it is definitely, um. Uh, it's worthy of being a holiday and it a hundred percent should be a holiday. And I think now it's starting to be recognized. So uh, I'm I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. I think that's all really great. And then kind of on a a different topic tomorrow is Jacob's birthday. So I just want to say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jacob. You're turning 16, right? 15. I'm a year behind you. No, I just mm. I just turned fifteen the other day. Oh, yeah, so me too. We're together so on that Jacob. It's Charles who just turned sixteen. What can he's driving? Oh, okay. Which I think is crazy. So weird. Yeah, I'm yeah. Yeah. insane. All right. Well, 
and and how how are you guys doing um with all of this covid stuff we're kind of cooped up in our houses i know it's starting to relax but i I've, i'm fearing that it's starting to relax a little too much um I, yeah because if i can speak on that i spent i went to florida for six days on march 13th and i ended up staying until june 85 days we just that's in florida right in florida yes right outside of tampa okay and so we just kept extending week by week by week and it was like crazy to just think about it like i was like shocked that like how no one there cared like because i came from new york and i was hearing stories about all these people who just had to like i don't know how to even explain it like they were like it's terrible nothing's open and in florida bars are full of people and it's i was still i was like amazed about like how no one cared i mean i would i would in that circumstance i'd be both amazed and to be completely honest a little bit scared um and now in the news of florida is florida's cases are actually spiking uh because they kind of relaxed a little too quickly and even though they said it's like still i'm not sure i think it was stage three or stage two or something like that um that kind of people took that as everything's open we're all good COVID is over excuse me yeah um yeah COVID is over and so we can do whatever we want we can go back to normal but it I mean, it's the sad truth that we kind of have to live with. It's not going to be over for a little while. And now We're still going to have to deal with this. We're still going to have to, um, yeah, go go through this stuff. And everything's going to be changed. And I think some things are just going to be changed for the future as well. And now Florida's seeing record high cases. Mm-hmm. But also, I think, I mean, I also, but I also think kind of like what was going on like in the city, I don't think, uh, I mean, I think the closures were kind of being like over- um, they were kind of being, like, over-exaggerated, like, about how bad it was. Like, I was in the city up until maybe a week ago, and it really wasn't that bad. You know, I was living my daily life, you know. I didn't go out a ton, but when I did, you know, everyone was staying six feet apart. I was still able to go, maybe pick up food, come back. I mean, um, I feel like uh, part of the reason, though, that people were doing that was because of how serious it was at the beginning. Like... New York City and the area around it, such as like Westchester, um, they they were really a hot spot for all this stuff. And if you think about it, New York City has I think around I think thirteen million now. Um, I'm not sure of that, but um, it's it's con- and it's not that big. Um, or sorry, it's about eight million actually. And it's actually not that big of physical space, so it's everyone's kind of on top of each other, you know. Um, it's it's just crazy. Because I think for maybe the first few weeks it was kind of jarring, but then it kind of got into that, uh, you know, kind of new groove of, you know, we people adjusted and they were able to stay safe and still, you know, enjoy their daily lives, which I think was a good thing. That's great. And it kind of shows how you don't need to, like, peace in Florida, people were saying, like, you're, you know, taking away all our rights, you know, you're not letting us live, you know, because of COVID. So we're going to go and, you know, go on beaches and go to huge parties when that's that, not really what really had to happen. Yeah, I think this is my personal opinion. Um, I haven't actually been in the city for a while, but um, it's, it's it was kind of like New York. I, I 
can't say this for a fact, but I feel like New York kind of did it the right way. You know, I feel like it's better to be safe rather than sorry. You know, it's better to put these regulations in. It's better to force people to stay at home so we can actually flatten that curve, which is what we tried to do. And for what I can tell, it's definitely helped with New York for now. I mean, New York has a lot of people, um, but Florida... Yeah, I, 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 I can see on a first-hand account, you drive. No one was wearing masks. No one. And the bars, even though they had, like, had only outdoor seating and like 50% capacity, they weren't all falling that. Like it was, they were crowded. And I'd mm-hmm. like to add a point. I saw this thing on Instagram the other day. From, this is adding on to Jacob about like how like people are like they're taking away our rights. I saw like a comparison of people from the Black Lives Matter movement, which is going on right now, which saying like, I I want to be able to. I want to be able to live. I want to be able to. I want to be able to go outside and not be scared. And then it showed photos of mostly Caucasian people saying, "I want to be able to go to the barber, and I want to be able to go to the bar, and I want to be able to go to the strip club." I mean, that just shows you. Like I thought that was shocking. Like the difference in what they're protesting for. I mean, yeah, we can we can shift over to that. Um... I, I actually, I've only, I've been out on Long Island um, since uh, spring break. And um, there haven't been many protests, but I have gone to one. Um, from what I can tell, the one I went to was very genuine. It was very, it's kind of like the idea of what it was for. And, um, but I, I I've seen that other people have kind of been taking advantage of these protests. In my opinion, this is just straightly my, or uh, my opinion for this one. Um, the looting that's involved. I feel like if people are, are, um, are, are taking advantage and creating violence out of this nonviolent movement, out of this, this movement to get equality for everyone in this world. And, yeah, creating violence and stealing stuff. They they don't know the idea of this movement. They don't know the idea of trying to make it, um, trying to get justice for all. Yeah, because also, I mean, the thing with protests right now is, like, Trump is saying that these protests are all just riots and that they're horrible and terrible. But the funny thing is that, like, all of the leaders of these movements are saying that we don't condone rioting, we want peaceful protests. And a lot of the time, the people who are rioting are white people trying to take advantage of what's going on. So, think, yeah, I mean, to add on that, about, like, I mean, I feel like that's... Anders, you go. Uh, that's a big question. Oh, thank you. Um, I feel like the big question right now is, like, is the looting justified, and what's the difference between the looters and the protesters, and I just want to first, like, just going, there's a huge difference between the looters and the peaceful protesters. 100%. And the media is not showing that, I don't think. There are hundreds of thousands, millions of people that are just peacefully protesting, but the media isn't showing that. They're just showing the looters, because that's, I mean, 
it makes I mean, for more this interesting is, stories. This has happened time and time again, where the media only takes the um, the negative parts of things, uh, so they get better reviews, so they get more people watching. It's it's just, it, at the end of the day, the news, the press is a business, and they're a for profit business, so yeah, they're, they're going to, to do whatever they can do to make money. I mean, I'm going to have to sort of disagree. At least I know for me, like, when I was starting on the news, I know there were some news stations that were, like, purposely taking time just to show peaceful protests, even if it wasn't the most entertaining thing to show. And they would, like... I mean, I this was after the initial stuff, you know, and after there was a lot of... And people were saying it's not fair to just show the writing. But I still think there are some news, um, news outlets trying to really show the peaceful protesting. Um... I, I am I'm in agreement with you, Jacob, on that one. I am. I, I, I feel like they're not trying to hide the peaceful protest. I'm just feeling, I just feel like... They're just highlighting if, if the, the more violent ones. Yeah, if there's people looting a mall or people marching, they're going to want to show the people looting a mall. Like, for instance, about looting malls on that topic, I was at a mall because we were buying a, um, a monitor for work, my work mm-hmm. while in Got Florida. It. And at that same mall, a week later, they were, they looted the whole place out. And there were, like, hundreds of cops, and they made a wall. Like, shoulder to shoulder, the cops made a wall around the mall. And there were a bunch of people trying to get in. That was not peaceful protest. That was, like, organized crime. Like, they had one guy distracting. And, like, they you could tell it was orchestrated. That, and they went in there knowing that they were going to go get they're gonna go try to steal some stuff but and on the other hand earlier that day walking in that same parking lot there were hundreds of thousands of people protesting with people's peaceful signs and that's what's actually bringing the change not the oh i'm gonna go steal to be completely honest unfortunately the the bad stuff the peaceful protests solely peaceful protests don't make it under the nightly news solely peaceful protest don't reach it don't reach the white house as um effectively i wouldn't totally say that that a peaceful protest can't make any effect i don't think that's i'm really... i'm not saying that but he's i'm not, saying he's just saying that it's not getting as much press it wouldn't as the looting is mm-hmm. and i'm not i'm i'm also talking about the uh what i would consider more riots not as much um i i would i wouldn't really call them riots but i'd say like more violent sides of the protests if if you will um but yeah like i, I would say it's those are unfortunately and it, I, I wish it didn't have to be this way but those are the things that are getting the attention of people those are the things that are really bringing this to light then but they're there are some there are many peaceful protests that are successfully peaceful out there those are just not the ones we hear about those are not the ones that get on the newspaper those are not the ones that get on our instagram feed those are not the ones that we see i mean yeah because also just me thinking about it you know news story you know thousands of people walk up second avenue versus thousands of people destroy mall which one's gonna you know, yeah, that's you know. what I yeah, that's what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, and then 
And then you have the situation with um, Trump giving the executive order to militarize the police department. Has he actually done that um, yet? I know he made threats. He, and... he did that. He already did it for the... Um, it was for Washington, D.C. And he cleared out the... I, I forget which park it was. Um, oh, yeah. Where there was... Uh, yeah. 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 Are you talking Where, about the Bible and he, he authorized. Yeah. And it's this was an a hundred percent peaceful protest. Nothing nothing was was off about it. Yeah, and he authorized the militarization and ordered the militarization of police. Um and I believe this was federal police. I don't believe it was um I don't believe it was uh, local police. I don't think it was um metro police. Um but he authorized it and he ordered it and they had to gas everyone just so we could get a photo, a photo op in front of a church in front of a church with an upside down bible yeah i know that was that's a powerful image i was and that this is just my opinion but that right there shows you what kind of leader or not leader i shouldn't say leader what kind of person we have in the White House right now. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with that statement. Um, the one thing I feel kind of about is like there's always the media showing something and that's what people think is true. So but going back to Jacob's point about how these cops are seeing like people torch cop cars and they're getting mad and then they go on and then they get back and it just is escalating and escalating the problem. For instance, I read and I saw in Tampa there was a group of peaceful protesters. The cops enclosed them so they couldn't go home before the curfew and they wouldn't allow them to leave. And then the protesters started chanting as hard as sleep. They held them there for 15 minutes and as soon as the curfew hit, they arrested all of them. They then dropped all the charges, but like, I mean, that's like, that I feel is completely uncalled. That's a violation of their rights. Yeah, I know. You can't In my opinion, that is one hundred percent a violation of their rights. Yeah, that's not okay. Um, but also, I mean, because even like outside of Washington D.C., because what I thought you were talking about earlier was Trump was threatening to bring in the U.S. military to go and stop protests. And but he, like, thankfully, um. Due to the checks and balances of the United States government, he cannot do that without the governor's request. Well, that's not exactly true. In, well, that's in the, in the I'm past. just something like lowering it. Like in the past, if like Congress allows it to be overridden, but well, I know, but I think he can use executive orders to. Uh, I forget. It's like there is. I forget the um, exact law, but there. I'm pretty sure you can't do it with states. But I think, no, but then judges can deem, like, in the Supreme Court can deem it uh, unconstitutional, and they can do, like, it's very complicated with, like, the mm, whole executive yeah. orders and getting them placed. Like, he doesn't, that's why they, like, as Nate mentioned, checks and balances, so that he doesn't have unchecked power and doesn't become a dictatorship. Like, that's why you have... Said, but, I mean, there was this final Trump to it. Sorry, where he said, like, if the governors don't go and, you know, stop these protests, I will send in the National Guard. I will send in the military, mm-hmm. is what he said. And I think... He says, 
to be completely uh, honest with you, Jacob, um, frankly, I don't think some of the time he really has meaning to what he says. And at this point, I'm not sure if he understands what he can do in the office of presidency in the United States. I think a lot of Donald Trump's tweets are very reactionary, just kind of trying to get a point out, you know, after something happens. Um, I do agree with that. So, I mean, maybe he's just bluffing and is not actually going to do any of the things he says. He's just trying to go and get governors to go and squash protests, which is absolutely... And if you think of the people that are voting for Trump, that's what they kind of want to hear. They want to hear, we're going to mobilize the military and stop these protests. I'm not saying all, but some. Like, if you see, you know how there's, for instance, his birthday just passed, and there were hundreds of Trump flotillas around the country, which boats would, like, decorate themselves in Trump flags and Trump gear and MAGA stuff, and they just, like, all go down rivers and stuff. Like, Hundreds and thousands of boats would just parade down rivers. And they, and those are also the people that like think, I'm not saying all of them at all. I'm not saying that at all. You can't generalize the whole group of people. But mm-hmm. there's also people there that have like BLM crossed out on a, on a flag flying it high. And I, I, I don't think, so that's why he's doing this because he, that's what he thinks. Like, don't, he, don't get me wrong. He's a businessman. He, he, he kind of, he knows when to think things through, and he knows what people will like, and so that's what he I think he uses that, so he tries to give the public what they want to hear and his supporters what they want to hear. I mean, I don't. I mean, there are some supporters who I think are really far, you know, police power. Let's go and squash everyone. But I don't totally agree. I think there's plenty, plenty of his base is in line with the protests. Maybe not initially, but I think as this issue has gotten larger and larger more and more people are seeing just how big of a problem this is. And maybe not all of them are issuing want like, so many reforms as others, but I think like things like, I think like, I would say like body cameras for all police officers. I think that's something basically everyone's in favor of. Things like just, I mean, even if you Things not, that are unanimous. Yeah, I think there's just some issues right now that are kind of unanimous among everyone. I mean, one issue that should be should be unanimous is that police brutality is wrong and police brutality has to stop. But that's not unanimous yet. And I said it the, should be. Yeah, I know, and that's what the protests are for. And that's why we have to make noise. Yeah, because I think, well, so, I mean, it's not that necessarily people are saying that police, police brutality is good. But it's, you know, what every police chief always says after one of these attacks. Oh, don't worry, it's just a few bad apples. You know, I think that's what's... There there should not be any bad apples in any police department across this country. The whole process of, of training should weed these people out. They're, by the end, by the time they're given their badge, by the time they're given their gun... They should. Yeah, they should be full trust. They should. There's no way any bad apples should ha- should be able to slip through. Like that's not something that should be able to happen, but it does. 
and it does, and it does, and it does, and it does again, and it continuously happens. I 100% and that's, agree that's with that one statement. of the big issues. Well, I mean, um, the, the thing I think that is like, just, I think it's kind of really funny because they keep saying, you know, we're not bad. It's just a few bad apples. They're using that imagery. But the same imagery, a few bad apples ruins the whole bunch. And I, I mean, I think it's kind of funny how what they're saying, it's only a few bad apples, but a few bad apples makes the entire police department bad. And that's what I think. I mean, I think it's kind of what's... Yeah, kind of like... Unions, but like, also, like, um, a chain is only want. as strong as its weakest link, right? Yeah. But I think police should really try to root out the bad apples among them. They shouldn't try. It's, it's not something that to try. It's they have to. It's not they try. It's not that hard. And this is the thing with um, the officer that all out murdered George Floyd. He had things in his record. He had violations, civil rights violations. He has harmed someone in custody previously. And there's nothing. And, and he just got a slap on the wrist and get got to continue being a police officer. The first time anything happens, anything like that. They should not be allowed to be a police officer for the rest of their lives. Assuming that's it. yeah, and that's who's trying. That's they're hired to protect. And I saw a thing like, how can they protect us when we're afraid of them? Like that. That's not. That's just not how it. Like if you think about police, they're supposed to protect, they're supposed to serve the community. But I saw like I, oh, many minorities think well. I don't trust them. Like when I get pulled over by a cop, I don't feel safe. I feel really scared. Like I, and I try to get to do everything I can. And we're not even like, I, I hate to say this, but we're not, I mean, I don't hate to say it, but like the fact that we are feeling this and we're not even really minorities. I mean, it's, we kind of just have to accept the fact that we are white and it's how we were born, but being white does not, should not make us better or have a better chance of survival when we get pulled over. It's not something that should happen. Um, I don't want to bring, I don't want to like stop this conversation or anything, but like this is reminding me. What do you guys, I don't know if you've heard about, about that Chaz zone in Seattle with the no laws and no police. Do you guys? I have not heard of that. What is that? I don't know what that is. Either. So here it's uh, according to Wikipedia, the Capitol Hill autonomous zone, Chaz, also known as free Capitol Hill. Um, it's a protest, an occupation protest and self-declared autonomous zone in Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle, Washington. And they're like claiming there's no rules there. There's like no police, and it's like a new thing. Like it's, I don't know if you guys. It's like so. What's happening? It's protesters have kind of taken control, from what I've heard, and what I'm reading about right now, and they're they're negotiating right now. If protesters are doing it in the way that the constitution outlines it. I am full support of what they believe in and their beliefs. If I I cannot say that I support them in this like takeover. Yeah, I mean, I I've just seen about it and I that's why I was just like trying to find a little more stuff. 
I mean, they've had violent clashes, clashes with the Seattle police. So I think they kind of like retreated into this area and like claimed it their own. And they've been negotiating with local officials. But like there's supposedly, because the cops can't get in there, I think, there's like no rules. So it's kind of chaotic. And I it's mean, not really. I, I mean, I'm just going to say it flat out. Or I'm just going to say this flat out. I just don't. Arm, like, are they like arming themselves and like preventing police from like entering and maintaining lawlessness? I'm I'm trying to find out more like, about it right now, but I just think I think they're like I know it's a new thing with like in the last two weeks, um, and I think it's just protesters that have kind of I think they just retreated into this zone after clashing with the police violently. I don't think it's like they're arming with guns, but I just feel like they're shielding like they're it's like where they can feel protected and they're in a group and they've just been negotiating with local authorities i don't i don't know enough about it i was just thinking if you guys knew enough about it and what your initial i i i've never actually heard of it um and then also for um for other things like trump said I, I'm. This is just what's going to happen. Is um, in his ra- rally in Oklahoma. Um, Trump uh, talked about like if there's any, if there's going to be any like, rioting or protesting, and he called them low lives. He called the protesters low lives, and he said, wow. "It's not going. Th- th- we're not going to like, allow the same things that happened in New York." And um, Minneapolis, I, I believe, which he's referring to, like, peaceful protests. I mean, um, I, like, being in New York, nothing really happened that was very violent in New York. So if it's um, not, From what I have seen and from what I have heard, I, I disagree there, was, there was a little bit of violence, but a majority of it was nonviolent, peaceful protests that were protesting equality among races. And not well, not just even races. It's mainly races. That's what these protests are for. But the end goal is just equality among all humans, right? Yeah. Can I add something to that? Um, I feel I I feel like it wasn't that bad in New York the protests. Although in Soho, um, so I was just visiting New York for a bit, and the Starbucks under my house, uh, window got completely smashed by rocks. Literally right under next to my entrance to my house, protests like rioters. They, but they didn't take anything from inside. There wasn't really anything you could steal from Starbucks because all the money was out of there. But while visiting New York, I kind of felt like it was kind of a ghost town. I mean, either stores were empty I mean, that's, or boarded that's, up. That's a mix because that's a mix between what's what these protests have caused but as well as the um just COVID-19 the closures from new COVID. york yeah oh yeah i mean i think that's why it's almost i mean it's in some ways covid's been sort of beneficial in a way for the protests but then also it's been harmful because i think it's allowed people who might have to be working or you know think people who have been having to do um, you know, other responsibilities that's given them the freedom to be able to protest. I well, think I'm that's... telling you, I'm telling you right now, if someone, I, I, 
I understand that some people have to work. I understand that. And I understand that people can't all skip work to go to protests. So I, I'm with you on the that. But I feel like it's more harmful than beneficial because there is about a 0% chance that these people are maintaining or are perform- practicing social distancing. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm not, saying, I'm not saying like COVID's good. I'm just saying it had, it had a benefit. I'm not saying overall it's been good. Like I agree. There's not social distancing going um, on. Which... I mean, that, that's a little, mm, that's a little iffy to say, but um, there, COVID, I mean, from what you're saying is you're saying that because people were furloughed or because they they got fired or they, they got paid leave, which rarely happened. It didn't really happen in a lot of places. A lot of people just got furloughed. Um, because of that, they were given an opportunity to join and raise their voice for this protest, correct? That's what you're saying? I mean, well, yeah. Because... I mean, I guess, I guess, um, but yeah, our, our president's very, very strongly against these protests. And I think, I think our governor, uh, governor Cuomo is doing a great job, um, taking care of what's going on. I mean, I know there's also been a lot of infighting between Cuomo and de Blasio about, like, what should be happening in the city. and. But there there always has been. This was way before COVID. Okay. For, for smaller things as well. Okay. I mean, honestly, I have not... I don't know a ton about local politics and stuff because... I'm going yeah, we're not we're not the most qualified to talk about yeah. the interactions between state and local um, jurisdictions. I mean, also most of the stuff I know about local politics is just my dad ranting about how he hates De Blasio. It's basically mm. the maximum <laughs> the maximum of my uh, knowledge about what's going on. Got and it. also that Cuomo said the U.S. Open's gonna happen without fans. That's the other thing I know. Just because, you know, tennis mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I um, mean... Do you guys want to start talking about the um, the effects of these protests and in our school and how these Instagram accounts have been made, which have been eye-opening and kind of... Yeah, uh, I mean... I mean... So the, these... Well, first of all, I just want to say, this is my opinion, but I don't think we're going to return all out to school 100% back in in the fall. Um, I don't think that's what's going to end up happening. Um, I, I do think that we may have half online school and half in school like have different times for when we go to school during the day. I know there's, I mean, I know there was like the whole idea of like going every other day, but how does that work? Like is half the school like having class like with a teacher in front of them and then like 
the other people are just like zooming. But I guess. I mean, what I don't I really know too. how that's going to work. I heard so in the. We, or sorry. You um, can go. um, I heard that in the beginning, it may if it continues to stay bad, you will only go into school like for a test or for a quiz or something where you absolutely have to be in the building. But then if you don't have to be in the building, like for instance, you're just doing a normal lecture, you'll still do that over Zoom. I heard that was probably gonna be an option. I don't know if that's gonna be what they choose, but- I mean, it's 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 really up to what Collegiate does, but I also think from whatever they choose, they're going to get a lot of pressure from parents. Yeah, because the tuition and how they have to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're getting. I, I do think um, that it will take New York a little bit of time yeah, and then, to recover from this. And then also, the I think. Stores. I think if the protests continue to occur uh, up to September and on from there, um our school will be very lenient in allowing students to, to participate if, if they so choose. Um, because I feel like that's the kind of school that collegiate is. And even if it's not, they're definitely going to get pressure from to allow it, other yes. schools, from students, from parents, from yes. alumni, from, from faculty. teachers. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to do that um so and then also speaking of the alumni the um instagram the new the new instagram accounts that were created uh, collegiate speaks out and then queer at collegiate yeah collegiate dot speaks dot out yeah um do you guys have any initial thoughts on them i mean i mean i think i've i've read through as soon as i found out about them um i read through all of their all of their stuff, all of the important stories that they had to share. And to be completely honest, it I feel that I I don't think that I've turned a blind eye on this stuff. But I don't I don't feel I've noticed this stuff. Yeah, I felt And you I know, was... I felt I felt kind of bad. I felt I felt ashamed of Kalichi. I know, I felt ashamed. I felt I was shocked. I didn't know that stuff was that bad. Like how, for instance, one of the stories told about how a male upper school student, I don't, they're all anonymous, just, you know, mm -hmm. a, yeah, male, yeah. a male upper school student kept grabbing a, faculty, a female faculty, uh, someone who identified as female's faculty's butt. And by her other faculty, they told her not to tell anyone to give him power. And he didn't get yeah. in trouble for it. I mean, that's that is... Just, that's that's disgusting, to be frankly honest. That is yeah. terrible. And, I, and um, that's but... where I was like, oh my gosh. I was I was shocked. I, I... For most of these, I don't think that was... I mean, that may have been one of the bad ones, but they're all... They're all things that... And honestly, to be completely honest, I, I would like to thank everyone who did end up sharing a story it takes courage shared. to do that stuff it takes courage you don't want to do it because you're you have there's so many things 
that could happen in your life and it's it's it takes courage and it you have to um be very yeah like you have to be courageous uh, courageous about it and um it, it's difficult to share these stories especially like the one you mentioned with sexual assault with something that makes you feel like violated or something that that angers you as well as the fact that um this stuff is is not the stuff and collegiate has some powerful people as parents as alumni or sorry as alums and that stuff can get you in trouble and um, I here to add on to something here you go right after Jacob um the thing is, they're still coming in right now because it's inspiring more and more people to come out. They posted six minutes ago, mm-hmm. and now they're also starting to shout out the faculty that have been pushing for change. Um, for instance, Miss mm-hmm. Brown has started a lot of like the Jamal stuff, and so mm-hmm. and she's and I don't think she gets that much respect from her school, like the students. Um, and that's just for me personally what I feel like, but I do feel like. I mean, I'm. I, it's 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 shocking. They've only today they've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven stories come out, and that's just today. They and have it's over, only going to increase. And they have just because people are going to have more courage. 50 people are going to have more courage because they see the thing. The thing about these stories is when something like this happens, they may feel like they're alone. They may feel like they have nothing to no one to talk to, nothing to do, nothing they could do about it. But they they have people. They have these resources. And now that they're starting to see that people are opening up, that people are sharing. They're they realize that they're not alone. They realize that unfortunately that this is that stuff that happened to them has probably happened to other students and to other faculty members or just members of the collegiate community, period. And it's awful. I, I do agree, it's awful. But they they realize this, and then more and more stories are going to start to come in. I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. I think these stories are really powerful. Um, and I think, I mean, I'm going to say I don't think they, the stories necessarily represent the school as a whole. I think, at least in my, I mean, I know I, as a white person, my experience might be different than others. But in my experience, collegiate's been very inclusive. It's been very fair. And it could just be me not being able to notice. I think it's when when you're not part. And this is nothing against you, Jacob. This is nothing against you, Anders. Yeah. Um, it's nothing against anyone personally. But when you're not part of the community, when you're not... I mean, you kind of like naturally turn a blind eye. You kind of don't realize it. And you, yeah, I feel you, like it, yeah. you may say something, someone else may say something. You don't realize it, but it happens, and it, it's so. There. I was right, keep going. Um, I was just reading through the Queer at Collegiate and Collegiate Speaks Out, 
and they both did like how do you feel about collegiate's statement because collegiate issued a statement about the accounts and they finished it with we are listening do you think they i think they needed to do that but i feel like people are mad because they don't want them to just listen they want them to take action they wish that people are saying they wish they said we will take action because they said they were listening about the open letter but change didn't really happen after that I mean, that's not, but this stuff still happened this year. I, mean, I know, but I, it wasn't enough. Things have, I think, I think Collegiate has a lot of bureaucracy. And I think, I mean, I think that's a problem. Where, like, the open letter came out and, took, and I mean, they, like, had to form committees. They had to vote who would be on the committees. The committees had to vote on what to do. And then finally, yes, the mascot gets changed and things like that. I mean, so I think Collegiate put in the effort. I'm not, I mean, but I think I know, don't get me take, wrong. I love Collegiate. I love the institution. I don't love everything about it, but I mean, we've all been going since kindergarten, so we obviously like it. So I just, I feel like they should have ended it with like, we are going to affect change because that's what a lot of people, they don't just want collegiate to listen and know what's happening. Like on these accounts, they've talked about collegiate kids raping girls and nothing has happened. Like, I mean, they, they obviously are listening right now. I know it's a little complicated because it's a new headmaster coming in right now. But it's, I mean, I, I, I was shocked when I read some of this stuff. Like, I, I didn't know what was happening, all of it. Well, like, I, mean, I was... Yeah. This, yeah, and I feel this new headmaster is starting right away with a lot of... Um, He's jumping with right a lot into of it. stuff on his plate. Yeah, he's jumping right into it, um, and he's going to have to jump right into it because of all of this stuff. Yeah, like that's coronavirus, happening. Black Lives Matter, these accounts. Like it's and especially like Dr. Levinson was just ending with coronavirus, and he was probably like, "I just want to get out of here." Like I want. I noticed that we didn't we didn't really have an end of year ceremony. We didn't have, we had nothing but like an email saying, can you rate your online experience? I, I feel like normally you don't have that as much though, because there's no set, I want to say like thing on the calendar, on college calendar, it just says last day of upper school classes and then commencements like three weeks before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna just say this. I'm not sure you necessarily agree, but like, um, just reading like the mission statement of this account though, like it says, all boys' schools were funded or were founded under the idea of exclusion, behaving, um, believing that only men, most often rich and white, were the only ones that could be educated. It would appear that collegiate still upholds the founding principles of exclusion against people of color, the queer community, and those not identifying as male. I'm just I don't necessarily. Say, I agree completely with that. disagree with that statement. Oh, yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. I don't think they. I, I don't I, know if it's on you, purpose. I, have to, I do have to say something about that though. We were we did start. Yeah, we actually one hundred collegiate did actually start that. like that. Yes, collegiate started as a church school for white men. I yes. feel like they switched was, for white I mean, white men. I mean, it was, that was three hundred eighty years ago, ish. Um, and I think but now, we we've gone we've gone very far. No, it's it's but not far enough. Years. 
Yeah, I, but I, I, in 400 years, we have not gone far enough. And I'm not saying start letting girls into our school. I, But we need to acknowledge the differences and face them head on and then acknowledge the issues that come along with them and solve them. I and these issues can be anything from racism in the school to, to minor microaggressions and like and it's like excluding people like i'm not saying like it's not just racism like it's sexism because there's people that identify as different stuff now um and more if, people if you... are coming out as and i feel like collegiate mm-hmm. kind of got caught like not caught like got caught lacking like he they didn't i don't think they were really they they're not really prepared for this because we've been around for like we're eight years from being around for 400 years so i don't i think they just weren't they're just it's too instant it's too much we've instant. been around for 400 almost pretty much 400 years and we could not solve the basic issues that everyone is equal i mean well i well and if you well, when we started like we we Collegiate ran through, Collegiate was founded 150 years before, or 10 years before slavery was abolished. So we, it's, it's, we've gone a long way as long as society, but, and I, I think this is just society in general. We are not where we sh- should be today. And it's not just Collegiate, it's, it's 2020. society. And we, we, we've kind of slowed progress. We've kind of just normalized some of the stuff that needs to be, that we need to all be aware of. We need to all be actively understanding. I don't think sexually assaulting teachers has been normalized at collegiate. I don't think any, like if I, I, I saw I, anyone I, I, do I that, agree with that yeah. I would, I would have, de- I would definitely speak up if I saw, if I saw something happen. I mean, maybe well, more people knew about it and they didn't speak out. Well, that was also from an alum, so I feel like they've come a, a little bit. But I, I do agree. Like people did know about teacher, it, and they didn't speak yeah. out. So you yeah, say I, that you don't know because you weren't put in the same situation. You can't situation. assume. I can't really assume stuff about that. If I was put in that situation, but you I, you you don't know. You you re- that's you that's a situation Jacob, that you cannot imagine because it could be. Mm-hmm. And an upperclassman who, and then if they, and it's always scared, like, what if they find out I'm the one that said into hiding it? And then, yeah, and when they find out they're the one that said it, you can be like, oh my gosh, will, 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 will something happen to me? Like, am I going to get, am I going to get physically hurt? Or they, like, so I feel like you want, everyone wants to be like, yes, I will say that everyone, happens. Yeah, everyone wants don't to know. think that they're going to be the upstander in a situation. They're going to be the um, the person that speaks out. But like Anders and I were saying, you, you don't know until you're actually in that situation. And, and that's I hope that none of us are ever going to be in that situation. Yeah. I mean, no one would ever want 
to be in that situation. Or, I mean, even, I mean, no one would want to be witnessing it, but especially no one would ever want to be the person who's being sexually assaulted. I mean, I could be just thinking positively here that I hope people would speak out in our grade, just thinking about if something happened in our grade, people you would hope. say something. You I'm hope. saying I hope. I am saying yeah. I hope. You would hope. I hope, too. Um, and I, I mean, I know, and I think in our group, I think it's more likely that, you know, maybe someone would say something than in other kind of sort of groups, because I know we're not, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to try to generalize about us, but I'm going to say we're not necessarily the kind of party-ish, you know, gang who, like, you know, kind of does some of the stuff that a lot of these people are talking about. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're kind of more the shy, quiet kids, but I do hope that we would be... Yeah. Uh, I feel... I've kind of... I don't want to, like, brag. Yeah, ahead, I'm not trying ahead, to brag Danish. or anything. I'm not trying to brag or do anything like that. I feel like I've kind of seen both sides, and it's a different group dynamic. Like, when in our group, there's no set person that's trying to, like, who's, like, like the like a popular or, like, like everyone follows. It's, like, kind of everyone's like, oh, you want to do something? I'm like, yeah, sure. It's not one person doing that. However, if you kind of go up in some groups, people will follow a certain person. And I don't think this is as much now as it was in middle school, but like people definitely It's still it's still very prevalent like now though. Scared. I know. It's still very prevalent. And then also yeah, they want people are to be scared included. of a certain person. It's not just they're scared, yeah. it's that they look up to them. So, and they'll and they'll go out of their way to please those pers- that yes, person. Yes, like, they will go out of their way to please a person. Not, I'm not just saying like that sounds like sexual. It's not. I'm saying they will. Yeah. <laughs> for instance, no. Yeah. I've seen I've seen people go out of their way and buy lunch when they, they just because so, they think for someone. I, I I know that's a good thing. But you can tell they're trying to do that, and then they try to go hang out with the person, and they say no. I'm, I'm not like, and the, or they, they, they'll try super hard to like tag along with that group, and then they'll be like later that day, like, oh yeah, can we go to your house? And they'll be, and and it's like people try so hard to try to belong because it's not a good feeling when you don't. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. it's not. Everyone want to like, have like everyone a, wants to find their place. It's kind of just human. To want to find your place but yeah. you need to make sure like if, if you're like trying to butt in that's not the place for you you need to find something that's good for you and like a healthy place for you so, yeah, I yeah it's I really agree sad with that. that it like if you see the leader of your group do something terrible and you just don't say anything because you're you want to be popular I think that's not I, how the community I would agree it's, with it's, you, but Jacob, just, I don't, it's, it's not, it, it's certain people. It's, uh, it's we're not, not saying popular. I'm not, and I'm not saying it's just a collegiate. This is all across the United States and all across the world. I'm just saying like, and it's not necessarily to be popular. It's to stay friends with that person because you, you want to be able to fit in and if you think, oh, if they find out I, like, they'll use the word snitched on them, then they won't be friends, and then you'll get that name tag they think over your head, 
I snitched, and that's why people cover it up. I mean, I know personally, I already am labeled as a snitch, so, you know. And I would say there's a lot of people who do kind of not like me because... But, yeah, I'm, I mean... I'm a snitch, so, I mean, I'm, I mean, I... Like, from but for things, those for those people, who cares? Who cares about those people, Jacob? You have a solid friend group. You have yeah. a solid group of people. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's why I honestly don't really even care anymore. Exactly. Like, you know, who cares? Yeah. If, if you get, you, you should not be in a position where you get peer pressured into hiding something. If you feel like you, you're doing the right thing, do the right thing. I 100% agree with that. And I feel like, I do feel like that's a big problem though with our, with our community like in, in society and our society like people i i, I don't want to name anyone for sure but i know people who will not say anything just so they can like not fit in but like not be excluded because it's no one wants to be labeled as a snitch and i'm not saying mm-hmm. i don't think they're necessarily labeled as a snitch i just feel like i don't even know like yeah i, I understand I mean, I think kind of almost going going back to what we were saying about like police uh, brutality, it's I mean kind of the same idea. Like maybe there only are a few bad apples, the few kids who go and you know are the ones who do who do these horrible things. But it's kind of the society that says, you know, because we're afraid of losing our status, we won't say anything, and we're not going to fight to stop this problem. I think you know that's why it's still able to persist. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, kind of just circling back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we we covered a lot of very important of ground, topics to us. Ground, yeah, we yeah. covered a lot of ground in this hour that we've been talking. I've, I've moved, like, eight locations around <laughs> this house. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I mean, is, I think, I think there any last though, it was it was important that we, we did this. And I think it went well. Um, and we're going to... Yeah, we, we hope that... That the listener, whoever it is, takes something away from this and positive. I mean, I hope also that maybe we inspire other discussions between... You know, maybe mm-hmm. you are someone in a group that, like, you know, where you have a leader and, you know, maybe some of you get together and we say we want to be friends with you, but, you know, maybe... Or you, or you just think about it. You don't have to yeah. even act on it. You just have to think about it. Yeah. And right if you now, want right, to act well, on it, that's great. We're not saying don't act on it, but... But it's, it you don't have to. Do it, do it, yeah, it takes a lot of courage. Like we've said before, speaking out, speaking up, especially to your friends, uh, pointing out some flaws is definitely... It takes a lot of courage, so... Yeah. Well... Yeah, this has been the Everything Project podcast. Thanks for tuning in.